0: Welcome to the San Antonio Baptist Association. You're listening to a Saba Talks
1: podcast. My name is Pastor Chad Shapiro. I want to welcome you to listening to Saba Talks. If you didn't listen to the first podcast, you definitely want to go back and listen to that one. I'm going to first introduce who's on our panel here as they get a chance to introduce themselves to you, and then we're going to get into an incredible uh, episode on sustained versus disruptive innovation from Elizabeth. But first, Dr. Daryl Horn.
2: Uh, I'm Daryl Horn. Director of SABBA, we're glad you're listening.
3: I'm Elizabeth Coffey. I'm the uh, South Texas Regional Coordinator with the Baptist General Convention of Texas. Thank you for being here.
0: Hi, my name is Omar Martinez. I'm uh, Associate and Executive Pastor at Mighty Fortress Christian Fellowship Church here in San Antonio, Texas. Hi, my name is Pastor
4: Dante Banks. I am the least of these. and way. So, uh, <laughs> the pastor of God
1: Chases Community Church right here in San Antonio.
5: My name is Gary Patterson. I'm the pastor of Berean Bible Fellowship.
1: All right, terrific. Now, a quick recap on what disruptive innovation is, Elizabeth, and then if we can go into sustained versus disruptive innovation.
3: Yes, absolutely. So if, if you're listening for the first time today and you have not watched the SABA live or you have not listened to Podcast One, I encourage you to go back and do both of those things, but I'll give a quick definition of what disruptive innovation is. Uh, and chat a little bit about that and then move into what sustained innovation is and finally get to focus on uh, the differences between two of those things because if you did watch Saba Live and you did listen to the last podcast, you might be feeling wanting for understanding what the difference between those two things are. So um, the definition we're using for what disruptive innovation is, and again, I want to say that this is business theory and so a lot of this is business jargon and so Mm -hmm. we'll kind of... navigate through that as well. Uh, Disruptive innovation is an innovation that creates a new market and a value network, a new value network, and eventually disrupts an existing market and value network, displacing established market-leading organizations and products. And the way that we're talking about the definition of what a value network is, is that it is a set of connections between organizations and or individuals interacting with each other to benefit the entire group. Um, We've talked about, um, we reference a lot of what Clayton Christensen is talking about from Harvard Business School. He's the one who coined the term disruptive innovation. Um, And he wasn't just uh, speaking of breakthrough innovations that make good products better. What he's talking about are innovations uh, that are constantly occurring in every industry, but that disruptive innovation happens, and it's truly disruptive. Um, In order to be truly disruptive, it must entirely transform a product or solution that historically was so complicated – only a few people with a lot of money and skills had access to it um, and that that uh, in our last podcast was a really important uh, point of conversation um, and that a lot of times disruptive innovation, is a much more simple, low-grade solution that's more affordable and accessible to a larger population of people than was previously accessible before. Um, But what we're talking about today, too, is the difference between that and sustaining innovations or sustained innovation and the... Uh, definition we'll use for sustaining innovations is this, is those innovations that are modifications or improvements on existing services. Um, So tweaks here and there to better, um, to make good products better, um, and uh, to... to, One of the differentiating factors is that a lot of times you are, for the most part, you are keeping the same market that you've been working with, and you are working within the same value network that you've previously been working in as well
1: terrific terrific some examples just to kind of drive it home any examples from our panel we can see of sustained innovation versus disruptive innovation
4: well one of of the primary when i think about innovation and, and this is sort of the the battle of silicon valley's been happening for you know 40 years now but i always think about microsoft And how, you know, as much as we don't talk about Microsoft and it's not sexy and, you know, it doesn't um, have the appeal of maybe Apple or Mac, um, Microsoft has been a sustained innovator over the past 40 years they have existed they have survived and they 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 really you know they capitalize on their market share they're not trying to put out a you know a sexy new product every day or every week but what they are trying to do is um innovate in their sphere and i think that's very important because um you can innovate in your sphere you don't you don't have to Go out and change your church completely or as we bring it back to the kingdom. You don't have to go out and sort of change your church completely or change everything about your church. But you can be innovative in the sphere you're in. And I don't don't think it's a bad thing to talk about sustained innovation. Um, I think it's a necessary thing for the church and for the kingdom.
3: You know, the first thing that comes to mind is I'm reminded of going to weddings um, uh, when I was a little girl so some of you might have been adults when you were doing this, but I was a little girl. And at at, uh, the reception table were disposable cameras, right? Kodak disposable cameras. And so you were supposed to go around to the reception, and I think really the people who took advantage of this most were probably all the children Um, and take pictures. And the bride and groom then had access to uh, these photographs. Uh, So Kodak... uh, It it was a really innovative idea, and I think that people felt really creative, and at the time, that was the most creative way of capturing, like, uh, peer capturing of images at ceremonies and things like that. Well, now, they completely missed out on the digital photography movement, right, that now... you don't need to ask people to do that. I mean, for for goodness sakes, you have to tell people, please stop taking pictures of my wedding. Right, right. Please stop posting these on Instagram before my <laughs> photographer has a chance to give me my own photographs that I've paid thousands of dollars for. Right. Um, and so I think that's another great example of uh, Kodak missed out on this amazing movement right. uh, that Nikon and Canon, Canon took advantage of, and that soon... Di- uh, changed the way photographs were even thought about because, for goodness sakes, now we all are photographers. Right. I can download any filter I want, and I look like a professional photographer, and I'm doing that, sadly, all day long, <laughs> right? Not just, uh, not just at certain moments. So I think that's another example of a sustained innovation. Um, and, and what I want to be careful here, and I, I want to be intentional to say, is that um, that new relies on old, Right. Um, and so I'm, sen- I'm not putting Kodak down. Uh, that was one of my, th- I sometimes I miss. Those uh, disposable cameras at weddings and really wow. miss being able to do that. That was really fun for me. Well, I, my daughter just got a Polaroid. Yeah, yeah, yeah there you go. go. All the
0: way. Uh, I got a
4: Polaroid for Christmas.
0: I know that's cool, right? Yeah, that's that a, that's totally a cool it. thing.
4: They get to shake those pictures <laughs> up.
3: <laughs> that's up, right.
4: Shake it up. Baby. Oh, you don't know the technique immediately. <laughs> <laughs> it's a long time.
3: Yeah, you're closing your rings on your Apple Watch while you're right, shaking your picture. Uh, yeah, but the new is often just a new expression of the old. And I think right, that a lot good. of times we've got to remember. That um, the the whether we want it or not, new is going to um, break through, and so um, we can allow the new to be inspired by the old, and maybe the old to make way for the new. Um, and uh, but things like this are going to continue to happen no matter what.
4: So I see disruption as a as a break in the line or a break mm-hmm. in the chain where uh, multiple sort of, let's say rivers, multiple rivers flow from that one break in the chain. So, uh, comparatively to sustained innovation where it's just um, the rivers just growing and improving and the water still flowing and we take out mm-hmm. all the impediments to make sure that the water still flows and I, good. I, I think you need both like you said I, I don't think you can have one without the other you sort of you need new rivers you need new uh ways to get the water to to villages that didn't have the water before mm-hmm. but you also need um the Tigris and the Euphrates <laughs> you need the you know the big, big. river that supplies mm-hmm um for for a lot of
2: people um, yeah. one one of the things i've noticed in studying disruptive innovation is to come up with a new idea you don't have to tear down the old that's so good sometimes yeah. people think you have to dismantle what was mm. to create something new in essence the old does give way to the new that's right. mm. and it 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 allows for the new to take hold sometimes it might be a stillborn because not every innovative idea actually works or or takes uh, takes uh, a life of its, of its own but you don't have to tear down the old to come in with the new yeah that's right. it's good yeah, that's and if still. the old blesses the new right. it, yeah. it's much much better amen omar yeah no i had you
0: know i'm thinking just kind of bringing it back to kingdom thinking about my church really and what we've done over the years um I kind of grew up there, guy It's been 19 years, and I started on the base, you know, just in the worship mm-hmm. team. And uh, we didn't have streaming. We didn't have social media or Facebook stuff. Yeah. didn't have any of that. And we're just doing church and just, you know, thriving, still thriving, still right. serving God, still, right. still delivering the gospel. Yeah. And then all these things were coming into place, um, technologies and ability to, to record and, and to go live and, and all these things. And, and um, that's how... Uh, the, w- the rest of the world was starting to consume things at the same time. That's the way they were going and getting their information. That's the way they were going. And and our best approach or uh, uh, attempt to maintain a sustainable innovation or, yes, sustainable yes. innovation would be to start to adapt to that and start to implement those things where people could also access the same thing we we're delivering, you know, just the same way they're used to getting
4: right.
0: the rest of their stuff. Right. And uh, so now today, you know, we do, we have, you know, Seven thousand, which is not a lot compared to some other big churches, seven thousand people that follow us on on social media, yeah. and and we get you know thousands of views. I think we had almost twenty thousand views for the year in twenty nineteen. You know, watching our stuff online, yeah. and um, and it's kind of exciting to to explain those or share those stats. But it's kind of like looking back to to here. It was adapting and, and trying to do your best to to um, do do that. Uh, what was the word you, you used and Unsustain. It, it's part of the definition. It's just to <coughs> introduce...
3: Mod- sometimes it's just modifications or improvements <coughs> to existing services. Right.
0: Modifications or improvements yeah. to existing things. That's, that's what I
4: was trying to I was right. listening to an interview with uh, the CEO of Coca-Cola, or the old CEO of Coca-Cola. His name is uh, Mutar Kent. And they asked him... They looked right in his face and they said, okay, so... How does Coca-Cola keep growing? Like, what, well, it was on CNBC. Don't ask me why I watch CNBC. But anyway, uh, <laughs> they were saying, how does Coca-Cola keep growing? How do you keep it going? How, I, mm-hmm. Over all these years, how have you guys grown and continued to grow? And he said, it wouldn't be valuable for me to tell you this. He says, what's more valuable is that you know your code for growth. And he used this term, code for growth, um, that you know your company's code for growth. How do you Mm -hmm. grow? And if you know how you grow, then you know how to ring that bell to to continue to grow as a company. And when I think about sustained innovation, I, I think about code for growth. What is... Our company, our churches, um, code for growth, and h- how do we investigate that information uh, every year? I, lo- I love uh, talking to uh, young people, millennials, and so-, so on and so forth, because we know stats about <laughs> who watches us on the on the internet. Like my brother Omar, we, we know, you know, how many people are watching. You know, it's sort of valuable that we can get these stats and things like that. But it- it- it's being able to look at that information. And say, okay, now how do I ring the bell so that we can have sustained innovation in our churches, and our businesses, and so on and so forth? What is the code for growth for our church?
2: You know, I I was talking with somebody the other day, and one of my concerns about us starting off the year talking about disruptive innovation is there are those that listen— who think we're gonna come up with a one silver bullet yeah. right. that's gonna satisfy everything to to go along with what you said, it's based on context. Mm. It's based on seeking to be spirit led in the context that we're in, not trying to take somebody else's cookie cutter
3: right. and
2: make it fit right. ours. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. And so we're we're not trying to come up with a silver bullet, <coughs> we're trying to come up with or encourage innovative thinking one of one of the core values of Saba is uh strategic creativity being creative but being strategic about it not just creating for creating value but helping us accomplish the mission that god has called us to i think is the target
3: this that relates to the thought that's going through my mind right now and I've sat down with many pastors and worked with churches and other nonprofits and organizations and sometimes what it can feel like um, and maybe you're, you relate to this whether your numbers are dwindling or you've plateaued or you are you don't have um, you're, you're desiring younger people in your church whatever the reason whatever, whatever the, the things are that, that might feel chaotic. Something inside of you as the leader of your organization or your church feels a bit uh, that you're in the middle of chaos. Uh, maybe your church is uh, was originally in a thriving area of town, and now you're not, and that can feel really chaotic. And I think that there's a difference in terms of trying to um, uh, when you, when you go into save your mentality, and you're trying to save something that previously existed. There's a difference in saving out of chaos yeah. and co-creating out of chaos, right. because we we if. We say what we believe. We know we are co-creators. And what that implies is that our mission is not our own and that um, what it means to uh, give birth to new things and flourish in the midst of chaos is to draw closer and closer to the mission of the gospel and to the purpose in which uh, why we exist as a congregation or community in the first place. It is not um, to be the hot place on the block It is not uh, to have the coolest worship services. It is not to have um, uh, even the best worship leader or to change your worship from Sunday morning to Saturday night because that's what all the cool kids want. uh, What we're talking about is uh, something um, that can only be experienced um, in context to the Holy Spirit and in nearness to the God that we serve. That we are co-creators, um, and that we're doing something so much bigger and beyond ourselves. Um, it's bigger than just like Dr. Horn says, than some one fix all solution. Mm. And if and if we're relying on that, and if some if for some reason um, those are the thoughts that are going through our mind, then we need to reevaluate for ourselves and begin thinking what inside of me needs to be disrupted in order for me to do this work and steward this work well um, and faithfully.
5: Amen. You know, Elizabeth, I, I think that, that you bring us to the core of who we are as a church. <clears throat> and the church is the gospel. Mm. So we're trying to bring disruption and the gospel in our task to put those together to, to see how we use that. And I'm thinking about, you know, the, the thing that screams out at me is, how do I see who I don't see? Mm. Disruption to me is about seeing a market that you didn't see before Mm -hmm. and exploiting that market. We're affirming the fact strategically, as you were saying, Dr. Horn, that we've got to improve our systems of our present church for sustained innovation and make things better. And that will give us modest growth. Right. So sustained innovation is not bad. We do that most of the time when we do strategy planning. Absolutely. What we're trying to introduce in our thinking is disruptive innovation mm-hmm. that brings about exponential growth. Right. So there's the difference in my view from sustained, which is modest growth, to exponential growth. Mm-hmm. Exponential growth exists in a new market. Yep. Yeah. And so the question about disruption, in my view, is how do we see those that we don't see. I wrote a little uh, diddle while I was listening to everybody. We need to see all we can see to see what we need to see. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And an illustration of that I offered the other day when we were in our lecture about a small community south of us on 37. They were doing strategy planning, and I asked them the simple question. I said, what's the average age of this community? And everybody in there said 55, 45, 55, 65, and they were all there. And then the meeting we had the other day, I asked them what the average age was, and everybody was over 45. And the, the, the average age of that community was actually 19. Wow. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so the question is, how do you miss those 19ers? Because all the church had to do the next morning is go down to the end of the corner to the elementary school and watch those 19-year-old girls bring their children to school. Yeah. Right. That was the, the dominant age of the community. And so the church wisely, while they were doing this sustaining planning to make their church better, they also saw a new market that they could disrupt. Right. So in short, every Sunday morning at the laundromat, they would take quarters and go to the laundromat and engage that population and meet a new disruptible population. And they did that. And now they're reaching a whole new group of people because they dare to see what they didn't see. That's terrific.
1: In my mind, too, sustained innovation might be incremental in nature where it's not a leap forward mm-hmm. uh, as disruptive innovation may take, but uh, incremental and 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 there's nothing wrong with that as church leaders. So when you're listening to that, you're going to find some areas of disruptive innovation at the same time as be able to... Uh, be able to be able to see where it might be just more incremental in nature. uh, We're going to close with takeaways from each person that's here. If you have a takeaway.
5: Modest growth versus exponential growth. Yes. Good. That's good, doctor. (laughs) I I, I don't know how to follow that. Uh, (laughs) No, uh,
4: I, I think the idea is that again, there is, it's both, it's looking at innovation from two sides of a coin. And I think, yes, we need that exponential growth. That That is what uh, Jesus came to do, and we'll talk about that more in another, in another podcast. That's what Jesus came to offer, that exponential growth, that exponential change. But we also don't want to um, look down at sustained innovation and churches who've just kept it going for the last 40 or 50 or 60 yeah, years or yeah. 100 years. That's good.
1: So
4: I think we need both, we, we
0: got Thank you, both. Pastor
1: Dante. Yeah,
4: no, I mean, Yeah. And,
0: and for me, it's it's like, I do embrace the old because the gospel works, right? The gospel is the truth and Jesus is real. So it's there's no way to, to, to veer from that. So anything that we do, for me, feels like sustained innovation. There's nothing, I can't change the truth. Yeah. So, and nor dare dare will I but (laughs) so uh, so I'm 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 really partial to sustain innovation I like that yeah
3: I think that sustained innovation, you're pro- when you're inside of that and you're innovating inside of that type of space, you're probably asking really common questions that you've been asking for the, a long time, and you keep iterating on the answers to those things. When you're talking about disruptive innovation, all of a sudden you're asking a different question, just like Gary said. You're asking a new question and a different question, and it's, it's going to cause um, a, a new way of looking at the people in your community and a new uh, value network to be created.
2: I uh my my takeaway is that um sustained innovation in, in some ways looks at what's already exists and what 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 is seen but disruptive innovation seeks to look at what is not seen to reach the unreachable to serve the the underserved and and really that's uh that's what Jesus calls us to do is to see those that he sees that we might not see. So my takeaway is, is seeing the unseen.
1: Thank you for listening to podcast number two of Saba Talks. We encourage you to share it out there. Like, comment if you see it on social media of any sort. And definitely stay tuned for podcast number three coming up soon. Take care and God bless you.
0: Thank you for listening to this edition of the Saba Talks podcast. We look to to continue our conversation next time in hopes of better connecting, encouraging,
5: and supporting churches for kingdom impact.